0: Our program will explore the concepts and ideas behind Direct Connect Coaching by introducing guests who are using or are aligned with this program and have used the ideas to transform their lives. It is our sincere hope that you can use this inspiration to do the same. Now, here is Fee Mazanke.
1: And a very wonderful Tuesday afternoon to all of our listeners. Last week, um, I was assigned a new executive producer for this show, So what I'm asking all of you loyal listeners out there is I would appreciate your feedback um, and I I really do appreciate the feedback that I've gotten of late from so many of you um, as to topics or ideas or things that you would like to see on the show as we really – um, to look to expand our influence of this show. And if you do have ideas, I welcome your ideas. So please send those over to me at fee at directconnectcoaching.com. Um, and I will be happy to look to ways to incorporate your thoughts and ideas because it is you, the listeners, who really propel this show forward. So I appreciate all of you. Um, In addition to that, we're creating strategies to expand our listening audience, so please be sure to share the empowering news of this show to everyone that you know. And as you know, those of you who have been listening, and welcome to those of you who are new to the show, we begin each week with our boomerang topic, and the boomerang effect is really simple. It states that what you put out in life is equivalent to what you get back, and I had a deeply moving and very profound experience yesterday that I really want to share with all of you around the idea that you are totally supported and surrounded by loved ones in your life and that the boomerang that you can throw out is clear communication with even with loved ones who have passed. Uh, yesterday was my mom's birthday, and she would have been 83 yesterday, and many of you know that my mom passed away um, earlier this year. She had Alzheimer's and dementia, and um, but liver failure was actually what took her life, but prior to my mom's passing, we spent a lot of time together, and we spoke about death and her desires and how she felt the power of love, and... The one thing that, that was really remarkable about what we spoke about was how we would stay connected beyond her physical existence here on Earth. And there were times um, that my mom was actually able to comprehend those topics, so I was sure to take advantage of those times and to discuss those things when I knew I had the opportunity. So she assured me that she would be available to me after she passed. Yesterday, I was feeling a tremendous amount of grief, and in, 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 even in the days leading up to her birthday yesterday. It was a day that not only marked her birth, but it was really the beginning of the end with her because a year ago on her birthday is when I decided to, um, move my mom in to live with me knowing that her health was really failing and she could no longer care for herself. So you can imagine there were many different emotions, um, during that time. And yesterday I was met smack in the face with grief. I would call it grief cubed probably. Um, so I lit a candle in her honor, and I decided that I would go on an early morning walk of gratitude about the tremendous life that she and I shared together. I was feeling sadness of her not being physically present with me, and I cried tears of longing for her. I have walked on this river path. It's a beautiful path in, in downtown St. Charles um, tens of thousands of times. And what happened to me yesterday was remarkable because I came upon a sign that had a note tucked into the sign. And of course, my curiosity got the best of me and I said, I've got to go check this out. And it was a folded message with a beautiful picture, I believe from some Bible study group um, on the front of it. And here, (laughs) this is amazing what it said. Uh, It said, weeping may endure of a night, but joy cometh in the morning. To me, that was a clear sign. It was my communication with my mom. It was that connection from her, a signal that she was with me and wanted to get a point across to me that, yes, you can feel sad and crying happens in the dark, but when you focus on the light, when you focus on the wonderful connections and experiences that you had together, then you get to experience joy. And I was giddy with excitement about finding this message yesterday, and I did truly feel more joy throughout the remainder of the day knowing that my mom was still with me. And in fact, I shared the message with a friend today, and she encouraged me to walk. Um, We passed that sign together. She said, let's go see, Fee, let's go check this out. And we looked for that sign with the message tucked into it, and it wasn't there today. It was gone. And I did, I can assure you, I placed the sign back, tucked it right into the sign where I found it yesterday. So how wonderful to know that the love and support that you received from your loved ones uh, who have passed is still available to you. And you too can receive messages from your spiritual supporters in your life. So this week, I want to encourage everyone to throw out the boomerang that you can receive these clear signs and sit back with joy and knowing that they will come and look for them. Look for them everywhere you go. And I know it really made a great impact on me yesterday too. So just once again, feel my mom's ongoing presence in my life. So I've gotten many signs from her. This one was really a remarkable, clear sign message just for me to say, hey, Fee, you can stop crying. We can both experience joy together. So, that is my boomerang today, and I am really excited to introduce all of you to our topic today and to our very special guest. Today's topic is Mastering the Influence Game, How to Become a Top Leader in Your Industry. And I want to welcome our guest. She is a New York Times three-time best-selling author Teresa de Grabois to the show and uh, Teresa welcome we are so very happy to have you on the show today joining us on this really special topic.
2: Oh it's a joy to be here Fee. I was really moved listening to you talk about your mom. In fact my mom passed um, just over a year ago just a week shy of turning 94 and I so loved what you said, because I talk to her every day. She's one of my guides now. Sure. Um, and in fact, I'm actually closer to her since her passing, than, uh, and we were very close while she was still alive. So thank you for that.
1: Thank you. And, and I certainly understand that. I talk to both my parents every single day. I feel like our relationship has elevated because of asking for these signs. And so I just want to encourage all of our listening audience to say, these people are still with you. And they're always going to be with you, and you just have to open yourself up to that connection. And I'm so grateful um, that you have such a wonderful relationship with your mom, uh, Teresa. It's it's just it's just very uh, just enriching to know that. So let me give you a quick formal introduction, and then we'll dive into our our great topic about mass influence. Um, uh, Teresa teaches corporations and entrepreneurs how to create massively successful word of mouth campaigns by tapping into the top leaders, promoters, networkers, and influencers in your industry. Teresa has used word of mouth epidemics to take three of her own books to international bestseller status. In fact, her most recent book, Mass Influence, went to a bestseller, the bestseller status on the day it was released, which is truly a testament to her level and degree of influence and the following that she has. Uh, she teaches business and marketing courses and heads the International Evolutionary Business Council of Speakers and Influencers, dedicated to teaching the principles of success. Thank you and welcome, Teresa. We are really on the edge of our seats, ready to listen with, uh, with our, all of our hearts and, and our ears as well today. So,
2: Oh, it's just my joy to be here. Thanks, Fee.
1: Yes. Now, we, the one amazing thing as I read your book, Teresa, was we have so many connections. You were the youngest of you are the youngest of nine children, um, and I'm the youngest of seven. So we both come from these large families. <laughs> and um, having been raised in that that family, it brought you to a deeper understanding of the importance of moving through limiting beliefs to get you to this high level of influence and, and playing the influence game. Can you just give our listeners... Um, You fill them in on how you developed your level of awareness that brought you to mastering the game of influence and and kind of the early beginnings of how this started for you.
2: Well, I love that you frame that inside of being a youngest of a big child because it is so true. You know, good people all over the world are hardwired to have self-limiting beliefs in our conversation that stop them from becoming influential. You know, in fact, the only people that don't have a lot of negative self-talk around becoming influential are, in fact, sociopaths. Um, yikes. <laughs> so, when good people don't learn to to really come to peace with and get on top of their inner conversation around stepping into a bigger game and, and allowing themselves to be important in the world, then what's at stake is that we risk living in a world run by sociopaths, right? So, I got really inspired and keen to actually start studying some of those really awesome, wonderful, good leaders we have in the world and looking at, you know, what did it take for them to get past their own inner demons, their own, you know, mind viruses, as Randy Gage would call them, and really step into being able to cause change in their communities, their organizations, um, their industries, whatever it might be. And, um... You know, when I look at my earliest roots of why this became important to me, you know, I basically grew up in a Mark Twain novel. You know, I'm, I'm not only from northern Canada, I'm from a remote area of northern Canada. We used to spend our summers in a remote backwoods cabin. You know, we'd go in every year by boat just in time to see the little baby mosquitoes hatch. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, I'm just being goofy. Yeah. <laughs> <And>, uh, <laughs> You know, but I remember the day I first created my most significant inner conversation, and I'm willing to bet you've got something similar like this, because it's common in youngest children, right? And, you know, we were all back from the cabin one day, and we're we're standing, me and all my siblings are there, and a bunch of my cousins are all crowded into this little tiny kitchen in our 100-year-old house, and everybody's buzzing with excitement because my grandmother's taking everyone to the movies, And it's a big deal, you know, because first of all, it's the love bug, (laughs) which is a big deal right there. Sure. And, you know, secondly, my staunchly Catholic mother is seriously concerned about the morals of Hollywood movie makers, but somebody's managed to convince her that maybe Walt Disney is not the worst guy on the planet, and she's rescinded, and she's letting us go to the movies. And I look across the room just in time to hear my mother say, but Teresa can't go. She's too little. Yeah. And and three-year-old me is completely devastated in that moment. And I tell myself, I'm too small to play with the big kids. And that inner conversation sticks. So importance became an important conversation to me from the age of three. And like a lot of youngest children, I start spending all my time you know, doing one of two things, either desperately trying to um, prove that I am important or terrified that I'm not. And that, as a result, actually created me as someone who became very ambitious, really wanted to learn about influence and importance, and, you know, set me on the path of someone who can eventually be an expert in influence and teach others what influence really means.
1: And so it's fascinating to me, Teresa, that you, you know, that I mean, of course, as, as youngest children uh, and any children, and and when I coach people, believe me when I tell you, everybody has some form of, um, I love what you called it, mind virus. I love that concept. I call it the, the inner critic or the self critic. And, um, and the, that is so important to be able to let go of. But be, first of all, be aware of. And what a great example of um, you know your experience as a three year old. And we we all have something like that. That really it actually stays in ourselves. You know, it's it it goes into cellular memory, and it's it's really important to clear that. And I've had you know spent the last 20 years looking at that within me that I can clear so that I can grow into this greater level of influence in in my own life and world so I certainly understand that and by the way my mom was a Cloistered nun, a Catholic cloistered nun. So that's another connection that <laughs> wow. I just had to point that we, out we have because so many was, things in common. That's so yeah, fun. yeah. Well, when you have a family that large, usually you can point to that. I I would say it's it's very common to have that in a Catholic yeah. family. So. Um, we, I want to talk to you about, uh, what people, because you've studied so many of these people and, and, and you share so many of these interviews that you've had with influential people in the book, which I want to encourage everyone to go out and get a copy of Mass Influence because, um, it really is an interactive book that's enjoyable to, uh, to read. And it's a very easy read too. Um, what do people who have this high level of influence and success know that other people don't?
2: Well, the first thing you see when you look at really influential people is that they're masters at building relationships. That's their first and foremost habit. In fact, they're not only masters at building relationships with you know, the people that would follow them and listen to them, but they're masters at building relationships with other influential people. And, and, you know, I really want to underline when I say that, that that's not a schmarmy or calculated thing from the standpoint of, oh, I'm just going to get tit for tat here. It's very authentic, highly influential people. In fact, authenticity is another habit I would point to of highly influential people. They're very genuine and they build relationship with people that they deeply respect and admire.
1: Sure, and you talk a lot about authenticity. I know in the book, definitely. Um, And speaking of that authenticity, um, before we've got a a break break for a commercial in just a couple minutes, but can you speak to that of how you have seen people be in their authenticity to spread influence, and then maybe when they haven't also haven't been authentic.
2: Yeah, well, and you know, there's a lot of different definitions of authenticity out there, right? And, you know, here's mine. Authenticity is when your inner voice is saying the same thing as your outer voice, right? In other words, you're being really genuine. Your thoughts are in alignment with what's coming out of your mouth, right? And so a lot of people don't get the the impact of them in their, their own lives, right? Some of the biggest mistakes I see people make around authenticity is they stay in a job or a career or a business that they don't love. And when you're doing something just for the money, you know, your thoughts and your inner voice could be saying things like, oh God, I need this sale or wow, I really need this contact to grow my business. And what's coming out of your mouth is I'm so pleased to meet you or this is a really great product. And that disconnect between your thoughts and your words, I mean, you can spot a phony a mile away, right? The technical term in the industry for that is shmarmy. Sure. You know, you want to, Make sure that you're doing something you love, and you're only building relationship with people you deeply respect. And I mean, I, I know you play this game even with your radio show feed, right? Like I, like you, turn down a certain number of interviews every month because I can't authentically come on someone's show and say, "Oh my gosh, I love what you teach, I love what you do." If it's not true, right? <laughs> you know, right. And I don't right. want to be posting a radio show out to my own following in my own feed. If it's not something that I really love the host, right? And I know you're the same. You only interview guests that you think are awesome people. If, right. At a very practical level, if you notice what influential people do, they're very authentic and genuine in the way they do business. And a lot of that starts with, are you living your dream? Are you doing something you're deeply passionate and stoked up about? Because if you're not, if you not, aren't, you're running the risk of uh, being inauthentic and not genuine in how you approach things
1: sure sure yeah and uh, we do have to take our uh, first break uh, but we are talking about uh, mass influence and how you can develop that uh, that you're you, and up your game of influence and we'll be right back thanks for listening mm-hmm. On Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment.
0: Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com.
1: Social media is important to your business, but you might not know how to do it right. Doing social media yourself can be a challenge. I have discovered a company that gets it done for you. They post seven times a week to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google Plus, and they can monitor reviews on over 45 sites at a price any business can afford. Get more information at GetSocialWithFee.com and get your free analysis to determine your company's social media effectiveness. Visit GetSocialWithFee, that's F-I dot com, and find out more today. Because doing it wrong is worse than not doing it at all. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: Tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazzanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1 346 9141. That's 1 346 9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment.
1: And I do want to encourage our listeners who are listening live that uh, if you do have questions for Teresa today, by all means, Give us a call so that we can interact with you, the listeners. We would love to hear from you. Now, we're talking about Teresa's latest book, which released just October 1st and is already, and it was the day that it released, a bestseller and on the New York Times bestselling list. So um, I want to talk to you, Teresa, about really knowing and understanding that as an influential person, what. Are the benefits gained um, for people who are able to bring? They're they're able to move through their self limiting beliefs and and bring that level of influence to others.
2: Well, you know, if you look at how highly influential people operate. And, you know, I think one of the greatest examples of this century has been Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., right? And when you think about what does it take for a 28-year-old fresh out of Bible college to within a year become globally iconic, right? Because that's how old he was when he first hit the global stage. And when you think about it, he stood in a really big problem going on on the planet at the time, but he did it in very specific ways. He gave people really specific grassroots initiatives that they could get behind, and as a result, people had a, you know, distinct call to action that they could understand and get behind and stand for this really big problem with him, right? So, you know, he he stood as the solution to racial equality, or inequality, rather, But at the same time, he did very specific things, like the Alabama, uh, Montgomery, Alabama bus boycott, or the march at Selma, Alabama, right? So as a result, he was easy to follow, and, you know, I might add, very authentic. He was highly passionate about what he was doing, and very genuine in the relationships he built, so he epitomized a lot of the habits that we would talk about in highly influential people, right? If you want to look to business for an example of this that's going on right now, it's kind of cool to watch and follow. If you look at what Judy Von Niekirk is doing out of Britain, Judy is actually an empowerment leader in the women's empowerment movement in Britain, and she's actually really bothered by the fact that our generation of women think it's okay to hurt ourselves in the name of beauty. You know, we wear shoes that hurt. Don't even talk to me about bikini waxing, (laughs) but but one of the things... Judy's decided to make her life, you know, the solution to is the fact that poorly fitting bras are actually cited by cancer researchers and chiropractors as a major health risk. And so Judy has invented an app. It's a smartphone or iPhone app that women can download, scan themselves, and order a custom-fitting bra. It's called the digital bra, right? Right she's just launching it this month on Kickstarter, and it's interesting to watch the groundswell of conversation around it, because similar to what we just talked about, you know, Judy's standing in a really big problem, which is she's standing that our generation of women teach our daughters that beauty and sexy doesn't have to hurt, right? And at the same time, she's got a very specific, practical way in which women can say, we stand for this, which is that you go and and support the use of the digital bra and, you know, get involved. They've got a big campaign. They're starting on Kickstarter right now. So if you're looking for a real-time example, watch what's happening with this campaign because there's lots of gossip and lots of word of mouth building around it.
1: You might see some
2: interesting things in the next month.
1: Yeah. And how simple uh, is that, you know, when you embrace a problem – and then have simple solutions and calls to action. Really, that's what you're boiling it down to. Is um, it, it's it's using influence, and your book speaks so well to this concept of looking at the problem and then, you know, saying, "Hey, here's how to solve it." But in that example, my takeaway from that example is. Simple solutions and certainly technology, which is not my strength. Um, technology is one thing that we cannot shy away from because there are more and more and more apps out there and more, more ways that we can use technology to sol- not only just to influence people but to solve these big problems, right?
2: So oh, I couldn't agree more. You know, we are at one of the most significant periods in history that this world will ever see. Right? Because technology is making it so easy for people to become influential and to solve problems for other people. And at the same time, you know, the other thing that's really significant about this particular time in history is that as a planet, the thinking of the planet is shifting. People are waking up and realizing that we can control our own success by changing the way we think, which changes the way we're being right and that i think we're going to look back on in history as the two biggest shifts in the in the development of humanity and they're all happening in these couple of decades that we're living in right now
1: and i would say teresa to that too it really does require us to move as we spoke about at the beginning of the interview move through the limiting beliefs empower ourselves and as you're saying simply look at a problem, you know, look at calls to action and ways that you are, um, ways that you're going to, you know, solve the problem. And then certainly technology is an easy way uh, to get the influence and get the word out there.
2: Yeah. Well, and that would speak to the next big habit of highly influential people. And this one is like so obvious that a lot of people don't even think to speak about it. And yet most people miss it, Right. Which is that highly influential people tend to deal with people in a one-to-many capacity. You know, so if you're, for example, a, a therapist or a consultant or a coach, you're mostly dealing with your clients one-on-one. But influential people tend to have some part of their business or their career or their work that they do dealing with people in a one-to-many realm. And that's how they develop broad followings and large groups of people. That listen to what they do and respect them as a leader. So there is a no like and trust factor that happens with all people. Like, you know, you all have some level of influence already with the people that you deal with day to day. Highly influential people have many more relationships where people know, like, and trust them because they deal with people in more of a group capacity. And I'm not suggesting that you go out there And start, you know, speaking on stages of a thousand people right off the bat or hosting a a radio show that hits a quarter million people right out of the gate. But even if you take what you do in business and start adding group components, even if you just do group work with 10 or 12 people or start a newsletter or start some kind of a, a community chat, you know, a blog talk radio show or somewhere where you gather people together, that is the... Beginning of you moving into more of a mass influence conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, and there are so many ways to do that, right, Teresa? I mean, there's just just you the it's unlimited possibilities in terms of gathering the group and gathering people uh, who are like minded, so that you can bring these ideas forward and really make a change. And it may just start in a small community within, you know, the, the, the outreach of where you live and then just grow from there. And I know you talk a lot about the idea of this, the wildfire. Can you, can you speak to that a little bit about, uh, you know, how you, how you um, start that wildfire concept, which begins to uh, move you into the masses?
2: Yeah, you know, one of the reasons I wrote Mass Influence was that I wanted regular, good, everyday people to get how simple it is to become influential. And, you know, a lot of it is just really understanding how influence works, right? I like to use the analogy of wildfire for what creates word-of-mouth epidemics because it's one people can easily wrap their head around, right? If you talk to any um, fire ranger, they'll tell you wildfire needs three things spark to light it, fuel for it to burn, and wind to spread the flames. And so when we look in the realm of influence, you know, the spark is how big of a problem do you solve for the world? And is it tightly contained? You know, it's got to be specific and big. And and that's the spark that ignites the wildfire of the word of mouth. The fuel is how passionate are you? Because if you're not passionate, you're not authentic, you're not enrolling, you're not congruent, you're not genuine. Right? And the wind is all those relationships with other influential people that you need to talk about what you're doing, right? And the wind is often the thing that's most important for you holding mass influence. You know, one of the biggest mistakes I see people make in the realm of of developing their own influence is they shy away from social media or they shy away from writing a blog because they think that they're going to have to be promoting themselves or selling themselves all the time, and that feels icky and dirty and I would say, you know, thinking about selling yourself on social media or, or on your own show or on your own blog is, is kind of like preparing for a party and not inviting anyone to come, <laughs> you know? You don't bake an apple pie um, and not take it over to the new neighbor to meet the new neighbor, right? Your social media is not to sell you. It's the equivalent of the apple pie you take to the new neighbor to meet them. You want to meet influential people. Use your own forms of influence. To help give them influence, I loved what you were talking about. The boomerang, right. One of the key principles of becoming influential is just like if you want to get respect, you give respect. if you want to get influence, you give influence
1: and i I throughout your book, peppered throughout your book is the idea of being of service and and looking for ways. Uh, At the end of the book, you, you just talk about living your dream and taking action to live your dream. And, but it's about contributing to others. And, um, one of the ideas and thoughts, and, and and I generally just do this where I, I kind of look at myself as a connector and say, oh, here's a person with a problem, here's a person with a solution, L- why not connect them? And I've done that with businesses or even relationships with people. We've <laughs> done that, too, and had people that ended up getting married, which is interesting, but – um you know, it's just looking at ways to serve others without really looking at you you benefiting or or whatever. But by doing that, um, it it's allowing you to spread influence and really what I call creating the win win scenarios. Can you give us some examples of where you've seen? that level of influence when people really come to contribute or serve and how their influence has spread and evolved as a result?
2: Well, I I think, you know, I love that Margaret Mead quote, right, of never believe that a few caring people can't change the world, for indeed, that's all who ever have, you know? Sure. And, uh, you know, so there's, So many examples of people who do small grassroots initiatives. And I love what you were talking about earlier around living your dreams and being happy, you know, because when we look at the research around what creates lasting, sustainable happiness as opposed to just fleeting happiness it tends to happen when we turn our focus outwards on being a contribution to the world. In other words, when you get to that point where your basic needs are met and you're not worried about whether you have a roof over your head or food on the table, because, I mean, ultimately you have to have those needs met in order to move forward into playing a bigger game in life. But when you can turn your life outwards and declare yourself someone who's of high service to others and make make it specific if you can, find that awesome problem that other people have that really lights you up about being the solution to it, then you'll find that not only will you become more influential, you'll actually be a lot happier. You'll feel like you're living your dreams. Most people's dreams are around one or two things, inspiring other people or being of high service to other people. And if your dreams are that outward focus in terms of your relationships, with the world, you will find that you'll be a lot happier in how you live them, right? So, I mean, great examples of that are, you know, I've seen people who just decided that they're going to be adventurers, and if you can compare two adventurers, the one that's doing it just for themselves is not having nearly as much fun as the one who's doing it to inspire and stoke up other people about becoming adventurers, right? In fact, the adventurers who use their travels and their adventures to raise money for worthy causes or shine light on certain things are usually having the most fun. You know, just ask my youngest daughter, who's also Fiona in her case. Um, she, at the age of 10, she decided she wanted to climb Mount Kilimanjaro to raise money to rescue child soldiers in Africa. You want to talk about a fun family trip get behind something one of your kids wants to do that's their dream, and you'll find it's way better than any vacation you might have ever had.
1: Wow. At age 10, that's, it's truly remarkable to me where these children are so clear. These days, these children are so clear about how they want to contribute. And they're young, but they're passionate about it. And I really believe one of the one of the things that kind of kept running through my head when I was reading your book, Teresa, was was about how do we ignite this passion in the children so that they can just be fueled and excited um, to to live their dreams. You know, in and, and, you know, we look at schools and and so many of our kids are lethargic and don't want to go and uninspired and. Uh, you know that's one of the one of the underlying themes that kept running through my mind as I was reading was gosh, you know if we get this in the hands of the young people because they are so inspired to do and and to serve and your daughter is a great influence uh, or a great example of that level of influence at ten years old wants to. You know, take on a mountain in order to raise money for a great charity. That, that that's such a beautiful thing, and it also speaks to your degree of how you've uh, inspired that within your family. You know, it, oh, it, thank you. Yeah, yeah. It, I think it,
2: one of the best things I ever did was I created with my kids when I stepped out and first started doing my own business. My kids were really young at the time, and so I, I had a really vulnerable conversation with them about we could become a family who is the champion of each other's dreams. And so that became like the vision statement for our family, that we are the champion of each other's dreams. And the, the closeness and the commitment of my two daughters and I to each other is now amazing. We're actually all three of us very good friends and speak often. And we really get behind and support each other when we're up to something big in the world. You know, one of my key commitments with bringing Mass Influence, the book, to the world was that I wanted people to get that influence is like an everyday skill that everyone should have, right? And a lot of people have this mindset, and I really do believe this is a self-limiting belief where they think, Oh, this is like another set of things I have to do in the day. Shoot me in the head. I don't have time to learn another skill set. And the reality is, you know, breathing takes 24 hours out of your day. But you don't think of breathing as something that you have to do. Influences like that, when you get it, you will so naturally and intuitively just do the habits that influential people do, that it is not a time drain. It simply simply becomes part of who you're being in your day to day activities. And you will find your influence will grow very rapidly. It's just really a different mindset that you create for yourself.
1: Well and I, I love that concept. And on that note we've got to take another short break. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm. to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com.
1: Social media is important to your business, but you might not know how to do it right. Doing social media yourself can be a challenge. I have discovered a company that gets it done for you. They post seven times a week, to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google+. And they can monitor reviews on over 45 sites at a price any business can afford. Get more information at GetSocialWithFee.com and get your free analysis to determine your company's social media effectiveness. Visit GetSocialWithFee, that's F-I, dot com and find out more today because doing it wrong is worse than not doing it at all. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Zanke or her guest on the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment. And we are talking
1: about mass influence today. And Teresa, um, we I wanted to ask you about um, identifying when you are motivated by fear. You speak to this in the book, and I think it's a great point to help our listeners to understand maybe when they're motivated by fear and what they can do to be aware of that and then move through that so that they can impact their influence at a greater level?
2: Well, you know, fear is something that's really interesting to notice in your life, right? Because, you know, fear is useful. Like, fear is there to warn you when something might be dangerous or uncomfortable or um, at risk to you in some way. And a lot of what we're afraid of, you know, research shows that we created a lot of these self-limiting beliefs, inner dialogues, when we were before the age of six, In fact, many of them we created, you know, when we were first developing language and trying to make sense of the world. So a lot of our fears don't really make sense. And, you know, one of the things you'll notice with really influential people is they've found very powerful ways not to fight their fears, but to come to peace with their fears and actually use them for positive motivation. You know, your inner dialogue is neither good nor bad. It just is. You know, and when I look at I'm too small to play with the big kids, my own inner conversation, you know, there's some really good things about that. It motivated me to become someone who was very ambitious in my career. In the early days uh working in the oil and gas industry in Canada, I, you know, led many multi-stakeholder initiatives and big um, multi-industry campaigns because importance was an important conversation to me, you know. And so it motivated me to learn a lot of skills and do a lot of things. I just wasn't super stoked up and happy with my life because I wasn't really applying what I knew towards something that really deeply mattered to me. And when I actually created in my life that I am someone who stands for teaching emerging thought leaders and good people all over the world how to influence positive change in the world... That really got me excited and my life got a lot happier and my success level rose exponentially, right? So the trick that a lot of highly influential people really learn is to start loving that little inner child you've got inside of you that created a lot of those fears and not letting the three-year-old or the six-year-old run the show. You know, if I walk out on stage in front of a thousand people and I'm too small to play with the big kids, is blaring in the back of my head. All I got to do is say, it's okay, you know, little Tessie, you don't need to give this talk. I'm an adult. I, I'm here, you know, 50-something, <laughs> Teresa is going to give the talk and come to peace with that. But sure. so many good people spend all of their time beating the, the, the Jesus out of themselves for their inner conversation. My advice to you is stop that. You're a good person. Your inner child was just trying to protect you and in inventing that. Notice your inner dialogue, but don't start berating yourself for it or worrying about it.
1: Exactly, and it is the thoughts. And I will say, you know, when you get on stage in front of a 1,000 people as a 50-something-year-old, you, the, the, um, the font size has to be much larger than it would be for a 3-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely a little a little humor for the uh, as as I look at the font size of my notes and, and and admire it and go oh yeah I need it my kids always make fun of me for that mom you have the yeah. biggest font your, your on your phone your second 50 yes. is,
2: is so much funner than your first 50 though yeah exactly <laughs> so Frank, Frank exactly. Moffat's documentary on that I think it's brilliant
1: yeah um, let's talk a little bit about the mistakes that you see people making As they are building relationships with influencers because your book talks about how, you know, what you do to get in the game with big influencers so you can expand your degree of influence. What mistakes do you see people making? Well, probably the
2: biggest I see is, you know, the number one reason why so many of you run into gatekeepers, right? And it's it's because you learned one skill set, you know, growing up in school, there's a set of rules around fairness that you learned in the sandbox. And then as you were first starting in business, you learned another set of etiquette and rules around networking and business. You know, for example, you learned... That if you meet a new colleague and there's someone that you want to build a relationship with, that it's a good idea to offer to buy them coffee or lunch. But you only have to phone up the CEO of a Fortune 500 company and faster than you can say the word gatekeeper, you'll find out that there's a different set of etiquette and rules that apply to the highly influential And most people don't get where that rule book changed and why there's a difference. And, you know, that speaks to the number one mistake that I see people make when they're wanting to to meet influential people. And I talk about this a lot in mass influence in the book, which is, I would affectionately call the premature ask. You know, and people always laugh when I say that they say the premature, what? (laughs) Right. And the premature ask is like, you've just met the new neighbor and they they come over and the first thing they say to you is, oh, I love that lawnmower. I can't wait to borrow that. You know, or if you live in the city, it might be the stereo they saw you carrying up the walk. But either way, you're rolling your eyes up in your head going, shoot me now, who did I just move in next door to? And you know, you see the equivalent of this at uh, business networking all the time. You know, you'll be at a networking function and usually the most influential people in the room are the host and the guest of honor. And the guest of honor or the speaker will walk off stage and there'll be a lineup of seven or eight people waiting to talk to them. Three or four of them will have a product sample in hand, maybe a book or a CD or a sample of their product. And and three or four of them want to offer to buy the person lunch or coffee. And here's the thing, like offering to buy an influential person lunch or, or asking them if they'd like a copy of your book or your CD is a lot like going to the new neighbor you just met and saying, you are going to so love my kids. You're so going to enjoy babysitting them, right? (laughs) It's It's the same thing like with the lawnmower, but people don't realize it, right? If you want to make connection with an influential person, doing something that demands their time or demands their attention actually lands more like you're asking. It doesn't land like a generous offer or a generous gift. And that's because influential people value their time so differently, You know, an hour of their time is not worth the same as your $5 latte that you're offering or your $4 book. And so what you need to realize is that the way influential people build a relationship with other influential people, and this is another habit that I point to in the book, is that they gift influence to each other. Influence is the equivalent of that apple pie that you would take to the neighbor when you want to meet them. They, you, you know, influential people are routinely endorsing each other, recommending their work, um, helping each other get on more stages or radio shows or speaking engagements. Influential people gift influence as the means by which they build relationship.
1: What a great... Thing to think about because, and this is the whole idea of reciprocity that you talk about in the book too, and the the reciprocal effect, as I call it, the boomerang effect. Um, and it's it's really about you know what do I have to offer to this person so that their you know their influence can spread and. Giving giving that to them, and th- again, there's so many creative uh, ways to be able to do that. And so, when you're when you're going to a networking uh, event, for for example, Teresa, I know I'm actually running a networking event next week for our local chamber of commerce. Um, what do you suggest to people that are at networking events? What do you suggest that they do that's somehow different, that, that really shows or demonstrates that level of, you know, how can I support you in, in, in throwing that boomerang out uh, to be mutually beneficial?
2: Yeah, well, we talked about it earlier. You want to get influence, you give influence. So a good place to start is notice what they're talking about, what's next for them, right? So if a, a speaker on stage was just mentioning that they're speaking in Chicago next, you might go up to them and say, hi, I heard you say you're speaking in Chicago. I've got a lot of connections on LinkedIn in Chicago. Can I give your event a shout-out and help you promote your Chicago event? Or, you know, one of the reasons you want to have a blog or a blog talk radio show or, or a newsletter or somewhere where you can write about the work of other people is that you could be going up to that influential person and saying, wow, I love what you were just speaking about. Is it okay if I share some of your blog content with my blog, or can I write an article about what you were just speaking about? You know, even if you want to play the role of reporter, there's things like CNN I Report. You can submit articles to CNN. You could write about another influential person and submit an article about them to CNN I Report and it has a pretty good chance of being published if it's a decent article, right? So there's a lot of ways that you can draw attention to their work you're essentially offering to increase their influence. You're giving them influence. And that's going to kickstart the relationship and start getting some reciprocity flowing between you.
1: So start by giving rather than by getting. Or, or yeah, like and in fact,
2: you know, the 30-day influence challenge that I offer is a complimentary program with the book, Mass Influence. And, you know, the book is crazy cheap. We basically price it at the cost of printing it and uh, the Kindle version will be out next week. So, you know, I basically didn't want anybody to have any excuse to not get this book. Right. And, you know, we're giving away a 30-day influence challenge, which is just quick little two, one, two-minute videos you watch every morning. And they're less than one or two minutes of work each. that are ideas you can do daily that are going to get you in the mindset, in the routine habit of gifting influence to other influential people as you meet them or just gifting influence to those around you on a routine basis. When you start to do that routinely and it just becomes a course of how you live your day, you're going to find your influence starts to grow exponentially. That's why we have you do the exercises for 30 days running so it becomes ingrained.
1: Wonderful. And people can pick up your book on Amazon or... You, at your website, right? And they can do the 30-day challenge on your, uh, on your website. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. If you want to get a copy of the 30-day challenge as well as the book, you can go to massinfluencethebook.com. We show you all the different distribution sources that you can pick it up at. Um, and, uh, the 30 day challenge is also noted in the book where you can go to get that. So you can do it either way. You can buy the book first and the book will send you back to mass influence the book to get the 30 day challenge, or you can start at massinfluencethebook.com and sign up for the 30 day challenge and, and go buy the book. Whatever suits you, we're happy to have you do
1: Sure. And it is, it's so inexpensive. Uh, I know when I ordered it, I thought, well, gosh, you know, because I I really like to prepare for the interviews that are coming in. And um, let me just say that Teresa's ideas will get you thinking. And I I told her in one of the breaks that I was scratching my chin saying, hmm, okay, where else can I expand this? And what else can I, I do? And that's what we want. We want that wildfire uh, with all of you out there solving problems really ultimately to change the world, right, Trace? I mean, we've got – there's plenty of problems that are out there, and there's so much creativity and so much influence out there that we can do this and we can do it together. And it's a great way to start by taking the 30-day challenge and watching these quick videos so that you can um, begin to make this a habit for yourself, right? Yeah, and
2: one of the reasons I did it this way is I didn't want to get people to just think differently. I want to get people to act,
1: right? Because living the life
2: of your dreams takes action. Otherwise, you're just dreaming, and, you know, a really important thing to notice is that your dreams feel bigger to you than anyone else on this planet because they're your dreams. They're huge to you. And you've been custom-tailored and custom-made to be the perfect, perfect person on this planet to live your dreams because you're more passionate about them than anyone else on this planet, too. Therefore, you have a far greater chance of succeeding than anyone else. Go live your dreams and become influential around them. Contribute to the world because that's what will grow your influence and ultimately create the world you want your kids and your grandkids to grow up in.
1: And will make you much happier as a human being. So take the 30... Yes, take the 30-day influence challenge. Go to massinfluencethebook.com. Go out and get this book, and uh, let's spread the wildfire of good news all over the world. Um, Thank you, Teresa. You've been an absolute delight to have on the show. I really appreciate your spending your very important time with us today. Um, And I want all of our listeners to be sure to get go out there and get your book and to take the challenge themselves.
2: It's just been a joy, Fee. Thank you for having me, and thank you for the work you do with this show. It really is so important.
1: Thank you. And to the men and women who serve for our freedom and for our liberty, thank you. And to our incredible listening audience, uh, thank you for your tremendous support. Please make sure you give me feedback and at Fee at directconnectcoaching.com. And keep sharing our show. And all of you, I wish you all a very inspired week. Thanks for listening.
0: Thank you again for joining us this week on Direct Connect Empowerment. Team Mazanke will be back with another guest next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then.